Hello and welcome to the Dharma Roads podcast. My name's John Danvers and in the following talks I'm going to explore the wisdom and meditation methods of Buddhism, Zen, Taoism and Western sceptical philosophers. Seeking ways of leading a good life and enabling us to deal with the many problems and questions that arise in our daily lives. All the talks involve exploring, inquiring and asking questions, rather than providing definitive answers. I hope you'll enjoy the talks and that they'll help you find your way along your own Dharma road. Episode 3 A Buddhist Perspective on Eco-Grief This was a, a talk I first given at Exeter University in February 2020, just before the COVID pandemic started to affect our lives here in the UK. I have no particular expertise in the fields of psychology or environmental sciences. I read what I can and I feel the loss of wildlife and habitats as keenly as I'm sure do all of you. I also feel frustrated by the unwillingness or inability of governments and international organisations to confront and take coordinated action to tackle the global emergency of climate change. I'm going to offer you a 10-minute personal view grounded in my work as an artist and writer and 55 years or more of secular Buddhist meditation practice, that is Zazen. I'm going to suggest we consider eco-grief as one of the many forms of suffering, known as dukkha in Buddhism, arising from the transient nature of existence and from our insatiable desires or attachments to things and sensations. I'll look at two aspects of eco-grief. On the one hand, a feeling of loss at what is passing, dying or being degraded, and on the other hand, a deepening anxiety about a chaotic and fearful future. I'll argue that we need to combine clear-sighted realism with a positive and creative attitude in order to act in a mindful, wise and compassionate manner. I'll suggest that we need to focus on what we can do now to change minds and behaviour rather than allow ourselves to be overwhelmed by an imagined future, however bleak we may imagine it to be. From a Buddhist perspective, grief at the death of a loved one is a natural process, something to be accepted as a part of life. We experience it in all its intensity and then it runs its course, lessening in pain as we absorb what has happened and learn to live with our loss. Failing to accept what has happened, or resisting letting go of our loved one, is to prolong grief in an unnatural way. Being able to understand what is happening and to respond wisely is vital if we're to minimise suffering. Eco-grief presents particular difficulties when seen from this traditional Buddhist perspective. This is because eco-grief is a complex term denoting a number of different experiences. 
Alongside the grief felt at the extinction of species, at deforestation, at habitat loss, at soil degradation and at shrinking glaciers. There's also a feeling of grief at what we imagine or believe the future holds. To the usual sense of grief as a response to what is passing, that is the past, is added a response to what is yet to arrive, the future. It is important to distinguish between these two modes of grief and to understand them in appropriate ways. It's important not to become overwhelmed by what we might feel or imagine is a gloomy or catastrophic future, for this will lead to resignation, inaction and a sense that this is our fate, something we can do nothing about. Whatever we may feel about the odds being stacked against us, it's important that we do all we can to maintain a balanced view and to recognise that the future is never certain and is affected by what we do now. Rather than dwell unduly on an imagined future, however well researched our foresight may be, it's important to concentrate on understanding what is happening now on what can be done to bring about change and to be open to all that this life offers. From a Buddhist viewpoint, eco-grief is a form of suffering or dukkha. The traditional way of approaching suffering in whatever form it takes is first to recognise it and accept that it's happening, then to recognise that our responses are often habitual, unconsidered and reactive, and to let go of these habits of response, and then, free of habit, to pause and reflect in a considered way on possible causes and ways to ameliorate the suffering, and only then to act in a wise and compassionate manner that will help alleviate suffering, remove its causes, or learn to live with what is unavoidable. The Buddha advocated a way of life that's grounded in three aspects of awareness. A clear and realistic understanding of how things are, known as Dharma. A compassionate openness to others and to the world. And a balanced attitude characterised by equanimity and composure. He recognised that all things are transient and that this fact presents us with many of life's difficulties and leads to suffering. The fact that all things come and go, grow and decay, are born and die, causes us pain and dissatisfaction. The transient nature of all things gives a poignancy to every moment of life, because every moment is passing even as it arrives. It's important to learn how to enjoy and fully attend to things without wishing to hang on to or to possess them. And by things I also mean people, ideas, opinions and imagined futures. The Buddha advised us if we are to minimise suffering not to cling too rigidly to ourselves, to other people and beings, or to ideas, beliefs and opinions. 
understanding suffering and its causes, including habits of desire, attachment and acquisitiveness, is the first step in learning how to cope with transience, dissatisfaction, pain and loss. The Buddha argued that insatiable desire fuels dissatisfaction, restlessness, disturbance and conflict. We chase after novelties in the hope that our desires and wants will be fulfilled. But new things, experiences and ideas only reinforce our desire for more, taking us further and further away from peace, equanimity and well-being. Capitalism, as the dominant current economic model, is grounded in greed and inequality. One group of people making money out of another, and all groups exploiting the Earth's resources in ways that are unsustainable. Capitalism sets out to exploit the Earth and its inhabitants with no regard for the consequences. In order to do this, it nurtures desire and acquisitiveness in a myriad of forms, in the full knowledge that they are insatiable and self-propelling. The result of this is great inequality, enormous wastefulness and widespread suffering. Our intention must shift from making a profit out of others to living within our means, that is, sustainably ensuring the well-being of our planet. We must move to a post-capitalist or eco-capitalist economy, which maximises the eco in economy, making the most out of the least. Sulak Sivaraksa is a contemporary Thai social activist and founder of the International Network of Engaged Buddhists. What he has to say about this can be quite hard-hitting. And I quote, According to Buddhism, there are three poisons, greed, hatred and delusion. Capitalism and consumerism are driven by these three poisons. If things are to change, he says, two realisations are necessary. An inner realisation concerning greed, hatred and delusion and an outer realisation concerning the impact these tendencies have on society and the planet. In a finite world with limited resources, unlimited insatiable desire and consumption will inevitably be destructive of ourselves, of other beings and of the world we inhabit. Somehow, the delusion of unlimited consumption has to be seen for what it is, and replaced by an ethics of moderation, make do and mend, wise and compassionate action, and care for the planet and all its interdependent inhabitants. Sharing understanding and ideas, lobbying those in power, changing our individual habits and lifestyles, particularly reducing our insatiable desires, are things we can do now. Working together, we can bring realism, hope and imagination to the challenges of climate change and environmental destruction. We can transform both our present and our future. It's important to keep our focus 
on the miracles of life, consciousness and self-awareness and to use these gifts to do all we can now to heal ourselves and our planet. Maintaining an openness to joy, hope, surprise, relationship and kindness is vital if we are not to be overwhelmed by grief, resignation and inaction. Thank you and bye for now.